Hey, Beard. Hey, King. How are you, buddy? Well, it's that time of the year again. It's the most wonderful time to watch Dog do kip-ups. That is true. Um, I, it's manja season, man. It is. I, I used to feel like this was Christmas, but I don't necessarily feel like that anymore. I disagree. I because that's like, how society works now. You say one thing and I just say no, another. I, I don't have to prove my point. I just have to scream real loud that I disagree. Well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to bring in a tiebreaker because Nick from the Undercard Podcast what? will be joining us tonight to talk about the entire extended WrestleMania weekend, the collective NXT, WrestleMania, all of the things, all of the shows. Brace yourself. Everything we're looking forward to here on a very Gurger special loins. Mania weekend episode. Manja, manja, turn radio. Manja, manja, prepare your lines. Manja, our bodies are ready. Yeah. We are back for the Mania Weekend Preview. We are joined by fellow podcaster, fellow local podcaster, Nick. Uh, welcome to Heel Turn Radio, and thank you for having us on uh, on the Undercard Podcast. We are big fans, I think, of each other's work, and it's great to uh, have other voices out there talking about the greatest sport on the face of the planet. <laughs> the yeah, beautiful I mean, game. thank you for having me on. It's, uh, it's an absolute honor. Uh, that was on our bucket list when we started the, the Undercard Wrestling Podcast, was to make it to Heel Turn. Well, And uh, if we made it that far, then I think we can uh, we can say we, we've done pretty well. So, you know, I appreciate uh, you guys having me on. I know my co-host, Tim, uh, is going to be listening to this. He's sad he couldn't make it, but he's uh, excited that uh, the Undercard is represented uh, on Heel Turn. So thank you guys very much. It's uh, the best week of the year, man. Mania week. On behalf of Buckets Everywhere. We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we chatted a little bit before we hopped on the podcast, uh, you know, waxed a little philosophical. We thought we'd start off, give VKM his due, and talk about uh, WWE uh, on the back end. But hey, on the front end, MSG having a show run there for the first time, non-WWE in what, 20 years? I mean... Yeah, something like that, and God knows how pissed Vince is about this. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever think it would happen, honestly? Because I never, in my wildest dream, did I think we would see not just a a major Madison Square Garden show, but one on WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. (laughs) And, And how about the fact that they put it on a Saturday night and forced Vince... To change his weekend card yep. and put NXT on Friday. Absolutely. This is, I just looked it up, the first professional wrestling event at Madison Square Garden by a promotion not owned by the McMahon family 
since November the 14th, 1960. Yikes. No way, 1960? <laughs> yeah, that's unbelievable. Holy that crap. Is, that is insane. I would have guessed maybe 80s. I wouldn't have gone that far. That is incredible. And I mean, and this is... This is a, a card that is worthy of that. I mean, just, like, running through it, they're going to do an Honor Rumble. Uh, it's, you know, Royal Rumble rules, Battle Royal. Isn't Liger in that? I, I, I don't I believe know Liger's in it. Doesn't Liger have yeah. to win this? Yeah. He's the only one confirmed on their website that I'm looking at right now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he has to win this. If, if, if Wait, they're... Didn't he announce his retirement? Like that's official, right? Yeah, he, he did. His retirement already. Yeah, this will be his. This will so, be his yeah, last year. A good send off for him. Heck yeah, absolutely. Um, they're gonna. I mean, they're actually kicking. They're kicking off the card with a six woman tag team match: uh, Kagetsu, Jenny Rose, and Azuki versus Hana Kimura, Stella Gray, and Sumi Sakai. Uh, you know, people that have been uh, active in in Women of Honor and. You know, for for New Japan, I think that this is a great way to utilize the strengths of Ring of Honor and and kick off with you know trios action with the women's match even before the Royal Rumble. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt that at all. So I will play a little bit of devil's advocate on this one. I feel like this is one area where New Japan, or excuse me, Ring of Honor has really dropped the ball, and that's Women of Honor. Really? I do. I feel like they've they've missed signing at least one to three big names yeah. and let them slip through their fingers and go to other promotions. And when you look at, at their roster, it is a lot of stardom talent mm-hmm. who is not overly familiar in the United States in the United States and then like one or two people who are really just not big names in the US. Sure. So I sure. And beyond ah. Tennille Dashwood, who yeah. doesn't wrestle all that often, yeah, uh, and it doesn't have the title, which is really weird. So I feel like Is, isn't she officially a free agent now? Didn't she just? Oh, I think really? She just tweeted out the other day that she's officially. I she I would I, I would assume so. it could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, I would assume that that's the case because you know when you look down the card, the the women's uh, women of honor world championship match is uh, Mayu Iwatami. Uh, who's their champion right now, taking on Kelly Klein. And I feel like if you have Tennille Dashwood, you would use her in that in some fashion. I mean, don't, get me, right. don't get me wrong, Kelly uh, Klein's really good. I swear she tweeted something. Yeah. But, man, that... And, and so they went to all that trouble and they put her in that stable. Yeah. And then they're not going to resign her. That is such a weird... <laughs> Weird. That is a Vince McMahon esque move. <laughs> but it does fit to exactly what you were what you were just saying as far as not utilizing, yeah, the talent or, or missing missing the boat on the talent. You know that would be a big one in my opinion. It's like, and I, uh, granted, I don't I don't know as much about some of the women of honor wrestlers as I probably should. Um, but you'd, you'd think that that would be an obvious one. Yeah, I mean, but you'd think that, you know, if that was the case, you would hear, I think that, King, you bring up a good point, in that if Women of Honor was doing what they should be doing 
to attract people to their division, we would know the eight women that are on, you know, the first show since 1960 at the Garden, you know? And the fact that 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 show is kicking off with six women, I feel like Women of Honor should do everything humanly possible, Ring of Honor should do everything humanly possible to make sure those are household names before they show up and it's kind of like, oh, well, these are on the pre-show... Um, you know, uh, apparently the six woman tag match isn't, it's going to be the first show, but it's going to be a dark match. And then the honor rumble, and then the honor rumble is going to be on the pre-show. I'm just, just reading this as I'm going through. So, uh, I don't know. Well, ring of honor, you got a long way to go is what you're telling me. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, didn't mean to derail things. Well, I'm just really kind of like. That's a really weird optic. Yeah, it's a weird flex. Uh, kicking off the show, though, winner take all. And there's a couple of these winner take alls that are really interesting, too. The never open weight champion, Will Ospreay, taking on the ROH television champion, Jeff Cobb. Nick, what do you what, what do you think about this one? Greatest smelling man in wrestling. <laughs> which, which one? Jeff which Cobb. One greatest smelling man. Jeff Cobb. Did that, did that, I was trying to remember, did that predate you guys doing uh, commentary work for Showtime? Were you in when he was in for, uh... No, and I kick myself in the ass every single day that that's brought up. Because I talked to Josh Kalisto, I think he was the first guy we had. Happy birthday, Josh Kalisto. he was talking about that. Is it his birthday? It's always Josh Kalisto's birthday. Yeah, it always is. Make sure to wish him a happy oh, birthday, and then make sure you're outside of swinging distance, because he doesn't yeah. think that's a, that's a funny joke. But I think it's I'm hilarious. Gonna, I'm going to te- text him as we, as we <laughs> this. I'm gonna text that's, him happy birthday. That's beautiful. Um, <laughs> but I, I know that predates us just a little bit. Um, you know, I've seen uh, Bob Evans do a couple of their, their um, what do you call it? Um, yeah, the seminars. I, I, get, I get in the big spotlight with you guys, and I start messing with <laughs> um, Yeah, the, like, but one yeah, tough no, weekend no. and seminar and stuff, no. yeah. Yeah, the seminars, thank you. That's what I was looking for. But, yeah, we missed Jeff Cobb by just a little bit. But um, Will Ospreay, if anybody listens to the undercard, Will Ospreay is my number two favorite wrestler of all time. Oh, wow, that's amazing. I, 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 just, I just, that's my style of wrestling that I can get up for, for yeah. whatever reason. That's That's my style. And that man is just, just absolutely phenomenal, and I love everything he does. So, and I love Jeff Cobb's great, but this clash of big man that can also fly versus you know the flyer that's learning or starting to kind of do things a little bit more aggressively on the ground. This yeah. intrigues the hell out of me. Did you happen to catch at all um, Bandito against Cobb for the PWG World Title? I've heard about it. Tim Tim caught it, uh, but I I did not. And he. Loved it. I, I think this will be similar to that as far as the high flyer and the big man who can high fly. Um, but I do agree that I think Osprey, for whatever reason, has finally figured out a ground game that makes him kind of. I almost feel like he's turning into the level 9000 version of Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> <laughs> where he's like, oh, all this weird ground-based shit you can do, I'm learning how to do that, and I could already do everything else. Right. That, that, that's, a, that's a great way of putting it. I, I couldn't agree more. It's and, just, uh, I think it was, was it the match against um, Kota Ibushi? Um, oh. That was the last tournament. Yeah. Where he, where he took out the, the hidden blade or whatever he calls that, the elbow to the back of the head. Yeah. 
and that whole match was just so much more ground based. I'm like, I love Osprey as a high flyer, but this is really good. Yeah, I mean, this guy's absolutely ridiculous, and then I mean, Jeff Cobb speaks for himself, you know, what he does. So this, yeah. I'm, this one's as I'm looking kind of up and down the card on this. I mean, there's obviously some incredible matches. Yeah, that's the one that piques my interest the most, just because Will Osprey and, and how much I dig that. So I think character-wise too. Osprey is leaps and bounds from where Saber was at that point because he's shown through all those Rev, Rev Pro matches that he can be the dyed in the wool, hot, fiery baby face you can build your promotion around. But he can also sure. be an insufferable prick. He can. <laughs> it's, that, yeah, yeah. And he, he kind of showed that after he knocked out Kota Ibushi. That was that. That side of him kind of came out just a little bit. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I do really feel like he's the guy that in three years, he will kind of, in my opinion, probably be where Kenny Omega is. As people are talking about, he is the guy. Okay. I mean, I I agree with that more now that he's kind of toned down some of that high-flying ability or high-flying pace. Yeah, um, I wouldn't have said he's going to make it another three years after watching that Spanish fly bump a year ago. Oh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. But well, I think it helped that Ricochet I, I, that Ricochet went away. Yeah, I think yeah. he doesn't have he doesn't have like let's go do crazy shit together. Yeah, there's not an arms race. Yeah, anymore, and it's not know? an arms race. Yeah, I think <laughs> that helps a lot. That's that's true. That's true. There's not another another guy competing with him for let's do insanely crazy shit. Up on the top rope and, see how and, and Vader's dead, so he doesn't have to worry about someone just beating the shit out of him and not bumping for him. Right. <laughs> so as long as he doesn't pick a fight with another old wrestler on Twitter, we're good. <laughs> Although I would love to see him in Minoru Suzuki. Yeah. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah. I... We lovingly refer to him Jesus. as Murder Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> as, as, what, as what Grandpa? Murder. Murder Grandpa. Oh, oh Jesus, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. When, uh, he, uh, when they announced him for the, uh, the uh, ROH show in Las Vegas, before they announced that he was going to be doing any other shows, they hadn't said that he was going to be taking any other bookings in, uh, in the U.S. I actually I bought a, like day of flight <laughs> to I bought I literally I bought a ticket to the show and I bought a flight and literally wore uh, essentially like a suit down there uh, an all black suit in honor of murder grandpa got off the plane went to like the <laughs> wrestling shop walked around went over to uh, the casino went in got in watched the show Met up with uh, one of my brother's best friends that you know I'm good friends with from us growing up. Had some had some food. Took a lift back to the airport. Flew back and like was at the shoot job uh, the next morning because I was like it, it was you know the first time and and you know before they announced that Suzuki's one of my favorite wrestlers and uh, and I okay. you know probably have have King to thank for that. Um, but I was like man I. If he only wrestles this one match in the states, and I don't know when I'm going to be able to get the uh, the money to go see him in Japan, if I can't do that, sure. I, he's one of those guys that like 
you know, talk about bucket list. Slightly more aspirational, I would say, than being on a podcast with us seeing Minoru Suzuki, but got a chance to meet him, shake his hand. Uh, super cool. Like, one of our uh, friends in wrestling that's on the DNDDT podcast, Orin Vite, is a huge Minoru Suzuki guy. So I got a like a signed 8x10 for me. It's not and then surprising. I, I also got, yeah, right? I got one for him, and I got one for, uh, for King as well. And, man, that was just one of the great wrestling pleasures of my life. Oh, I can imagine. He's he's one of the guys that became instantly recognizable to me as I started getting into New Japan about yeah. maybe two years ago. Um, my wife's gotten into wrestling with me um, over the last few years, so we would sit and watch Wrestle Kingdom together. Oh, that's and awesome. And it was uh, Suzuki and Goto, the hair, I think it was a hair, hair, yep. hair versus hair match. Yeah. And uh, I just remember... We both just, I don't think we spoke for the whole match. I just kind of looked at her afterwards. She goes, how old is he? <laughs> I don't know what he's, I don't know, but he's scary no matter what. Oh, and, I mean, and then after having, like, the, the yeah. way he handled losing the match and, like, shaving his own head, yeah. losing his own chair. Amazing. Like, that is one of the best badasses I've ever seen in wrestling. Like, he has my respect. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> after that. Age is afraid of the murder grandpa. Yes. If you uh, if, if you want to, if you want to treat yourself, treat yourself. You want to uh, go to YouTube and find Minoru Suzuki challenging Kenta Kobashi for the G uh, for the Global World Championship uh, at NOAA. And it's I don't know, it's probably early two thousands. Yeah, it's pro- it's in it's in uh, Kobashi's great run as NOAA champion. But that match, you've got Kobashi, okay. just the big tank, who if you know if he gets his hands on Suzuki, he's going to kill him. And Suzuki just <laughs> stick and move, stick and move, stick and move. So Taunt, good. arm bar, you know, knee bar. And it's just this mounting game of one-upsmanship that they've been playing for a couple of matches leading up to that because, you know, it's like... It, you know who your opponents are going to be lined up for their ranking system, so they would always show sure. Suzuki in the front row at Kobashi's matches, and it was always kind of like, well, if he beats this guy, Suzuki's two guys in line away. Yeah. If he beats this guy, he's one guy away in line. And Suzuki always has this look on his face like he can't be bothered. And then they get into that match, and it is just hell on wheels for about 40 minutes. It's good. I, I wrote that down so I can go back and and, uh, and, and catch that. That's anything Minoru Suzuki. Uh, I'm I'm all over. And you guys do uh, you guys do that uh, kind of homage to Suzuki once a, once a week? Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, Suzuki Sundays, baby. That's like That's my it. favorite there we go. thing. Suzuki Sundays. We celebrate the the absurdly violent and the absurdly absurd with Stokely Saturdays for Stokely Hathaway. New signee to the NXT. Uh, <laughs> The NXT dojo down there, and TM. then uh, and then uh, and then Suzuki Sundays for uh, for good old murder, murder Grandpa and all of the pain he has inflicted on the world on behalf of uh, our joy and salvation in wrestling. And then we just remember that Kenikobashi is wrestling God, <laughs> and then he no sold cancer twice. We don't have a day for him, but King celebrates him every day. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't need just one day. Just, no. You know. No doubt. Uh, so one of our other favorite people in wrestling, uh, Dalton Castle is taking on Rush 
from uh, from Mexico. And this rush has been signed to ROH. Dalton Castle, uh, one of our favorites, one of the strongest people in wrestling. This is another one of those like Will Osprey, Jeff Cobb kind of interesting styles meeting up. Um, I don't really know what to make of this, but I'm. It's kind of like my sleeper for the match. I think I might be able to like just enjoy the the craziness that happens the most. Sure. I mean, I'll admit I don't know a lot about Rush or as much about him as I'd like, but I mean, Dalton Castle's just the man. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm a. I love the flair. You know, the flair for the dramatic yes. in wrestling, the pageantry that is wrestling. No doubt. And I don't think there's a lot of guys that embody that as much as Dalton Castle does. Yeah. And so anything that he's in, he's got my attention for sure. You know, and I know I know enough about Rush to know how good he is and how yeah. talented he is. So this absolutely piques my interest for sure, without yeah. a doubt. This could go for me one of two ways. This could be Rush's coming out party um, on the huge stage, because I think he is one of wrestling's best kept secrets. Or it could be like every appearance he has in the Japan Cup. Where I feel like this is the year. Yep. This is the year he's a big star. This is the year he's Kota Ibushi. Yeah. And he's always middling to bat at best. Yeah. I don't understand it. I, I do think that it'll be hard for you to be middling to best with a guy that entertaining who can throw that many goddamn suplexes. That's true. Um, <laughs> so I have high hopes for that match. But, man, Rush, he, he makes me nervous. Um, we've watched a lot of Lucha Libre. Um, GA, the Lucha Droid you've been looking for, sends us a lot of interesting Lucha Libre. And, surprisingly enough, Rush is not a guy he's high on. Yeah. So, really? Yeah. He's a big Cavanero guy. Um, which, after seeing a bunch of stuff he sent us, you understand why. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I don't know. I, I have. This is either going to be one of those melts or creams his pants matches, or it's going to be a dud. <laughs> I feel like uh, this is going to be, whether Rush likes it or not, this is going to be uh, Dalton Castle deadlift German suplexing him to a good match. I, I really hope so. Uh, I mean, I hope it. Yeah, I agree. I hope it's beyond that, and 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 he steps up, and they just absolutely burn it down and people you know kind of overlook it until it's staring them in the face and then they're just blown away but you never know i literally hope this is the match that makes wwe regret the fact that they didn't sign him over sandals yeah you know that that's oh, the story yeah. that's the story was dalton castle got passed over because he wore fucking sandals you know i yeah i heard that that i mean it doesn't me anymore yeah. <laughs> when you when you get those stories of why a certain guy wasn't brought in for some stupid ass reason and then you know he goes and kills it elsewhere mm-hmm. you know and makes Vince look like an absolute moron yeah well he can do that on his own you uh, don't <laughs> yeah, want to say he doesn't need the help yeah yeah I yeah. try to keep my feelings about Vince to a minimum yeah uh I have some big feelings. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Women of Honor Championship match, but I have some big feelings about the match after that, which is Bully Ray versus Juice Robinson, who is another one of those guys that I hope Vince wakes up in the middle of the night, says poopy trip, and then <laughs> says, Juice Robinson! 
Yes. <laughs> I just. Yeah, he's one of the guys that I remember from the his NXT days. Yep. Uh, was well, CJ Parker? Is yep. that is that? Am I yep. remembering that correctly? The, env- the environmental uh, warrior. Yes, and just getting his ass kicked by debuting Kevin Owens. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, you see, I, I watched him a lot in New Japan over the last year. Yeah. And his growth and his ability to put on good matches is just, you know, so entertaining. You talk about, you know, I talked about Flair and you know for the dramatic yeah. with Dalton Castle. I mean, Juice has that in Spades as well. So. Yeah. How it, did this match come about with Bully Ricks? I know on their website I'm looking at it. It's, it says it's an open challenge. Yeah, Bully Ricks versus question mark. And I know that Juice has answered it, but I don't remember how that happened. I think Bully Ray basically said like, "This is my turf, and like, if we're gonna be here in Madison Square Garden, kind of hallowed ground, blah blah blah. You know, like I'm gonna defend it by any means necessary." And so he challenged. I think the open challenge was for the the New York City street fight. And uh, Juice basically said, like, shove it in your pie hole, you know. And that's the other thing, like, Juice, like you said, like, Dalton Castle, like, has that kind of flair. Juice on the stick, uh, you know, that's that's the thing about him and Dalton Castle. Such a an offbeat, uh, kind of altered tempo delivery in the way they cut promos. But, man, do I enjoy oh, sure. their promos, you know. Just really phenomenal, yeah. unique in a way that I, I don't think a lot of people have that kind of style um, to their promos nowadays. And, and right. Uh, I was going to say, Juice Robinson's promo after Jay White broke his hand. Yes. Um, I mean, that was just, that one That one really woke me up to Juice. I always kind of liked it, but that promo uh, really, really set it in stone for me. Because I'm like, I wouldn't, I mean, I shared that with everybody I could. I'm like, this promo right here. This, yeah. this promo, this is how you handle, you know, yourself on the microphone. This is incredible. No doubt. Yeah, so really looking forward to that. Uh, another match I'm really looking forward to, the the three-way for the Junior Heavyweight Championship. Um, Taji Ishimori is the champion right now. Dragon Lee and Bandito in on this one. Bandito, Ooh. like, Bandito working everywhere over the Mania weekend, but... Having a you know a featured match for the junior heavyweight IWGP against Ishimori and Dragon Lee, I mean that's I'm so excited for this. This this one looks I mean this looks looks incredible on paper, and yeah. I really hope it holds up to the expectations that I've got for it. Yeah, it's one of those like question marks on chemistry, but on paper you look right, at right, it right. and you're like. All the moles of this and all the moles of that. This is going to be a, you know. Has have any of these guys ever worked together is my my real question. I, I would assume Dragon Lee and Bandito have maybe crossed paths. But Ishimori, I can't think of him working with either one of these guys. I don't think so. And my biggest yeah, question with that. To... Go ahead. I was just going to say, nothing comes to mind as far as them working together. I can't think of anything else. My, my only concern with this is Dragon Lee can be a little botchy, especially when he's not wrestling. Um, oh, our good friend who's hurt right now, Daryl's owner. Name is escaping me, right? Who's? The guy who has the cat uh, door. Yeah, it's, um, Take, Takahashi? Uh, Takahashi. Oh, I couldn't think for a second. Takahashi. So. There you go. As soon as uh, you said Daryl, I, I saw his face. Yeah, exactly. 
I, I was kept, like, oh yeah, Daryl Takahashi. We've been playing Book It constantly, and he's in that game as like Napalm Takahishi. So but, I just wanted to say, oh, you know, <laughs> Napalm Takahishi. Um, yeah, that guy. Uh, but, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. I worry about that match for that reason. Um, just not having the familiarity with one another. Um, and all of them being young enough that no discernible ring general in that match. Because I think if... You don't think Ishimori uh, will direct traffic a bit? But he hasn't been in big spots like that before. Uh, I mean, I look at it as like, in the past, this would have been the Kushida spot. Kushida would have been right. the guy who would have directed traffic in that match. And now he's gone. So th- I think this is Ishimori's match to... To be spectacular in. Yeah, I mean, I think that if he if he steps up, and and I think that this could be the kind of young ace defining Ishimori reign for him as as the junior heavyweight in in New Japan. I mean, I think that we could probably look back at this if this is a success, and and point to him as saying that he was directing traffic with two of. I mean, I think Bandito's phenomenal, but I, I, I completely agree about Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee can be a question mark, but he can also be an interior bang, my friend. Yes, you know, uh, and so uh, yeah, this is this is the this is the powder keg right in the middle of the card that could go either way. Um, and then and then it's followed up. We go from a New York City street fight to a triple threat that's a absolute dynamite thing. To another winner take all, but the four way for the IWGP Tag Team and the ROH World Tag Team Championships, Gorillas of Destiny putting the IWGP straps on the line, uh, Villain Enterprises PCO and Brody King putting the ROH straps on the line. You also have uh, Lij, uh, Evil and Sonata, and the Briscoe Brothers. If if somebody doesn't walk away with with a broken bone, like just from sheer Punchitude. Brody, Brody King's walking with a broken hand already. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say, if somebody doesn't break something, this is going to be a disappointment. Yeah. This is a, this is a brawler, the, the definition of a brawler match personified. Yeah. It, it's going to be I, just absolutely punch in the face. I don't, I, this is one of those where I think we joke a lot or like, you know, when we're doing commentary, we talk a lot about, you know, a referee being able to, you know, get control of this, or you know, my favorite yeah. being able to yell at Todd Sinclair at an ROH uh, match in both a positive and a negative way. Come on, Todd! Come on, Todd! Um, but I don't know how Todd's gonna. I'm, I don't know what's gonna happen in this match. I, I do not. They should have at least four four referees for this match. I was gonna say, so how many ref bumps are we gonna see in this match? Is there a number? If I'm a ref, I don't know the over under, but if I'm a ref. I ain't getting in that ring. I'll count from the outside. I'll pass. I'll take a hard pass. Does anyone Just have a out of anger in this match? Yes. Yeah. Any, anyone have a guess on who's gonna walk out with the belts? I don't know, Nick. What do you think? Uh, this I'm, one. This is so torn. God, I mean, because you have what I, we said: IWGP and Ring of Honor. Yeah. Yeah. My God. Um, I'm trying to. I trying to look at somebody who would companies yeah yeah i put like uh, my booker brain uh on and i'm kind of like well you know evil and sonata could come over for war of the worlds and eventually like drop them right. but how cool That's would it be of... to have 
the Briscoes go to Japan, or to have PCO, what a story, and Brody King go over to Japan, that would be fun sure. as hell, too. I would love to see the Briscoes with with two sets of titles. Um, Tama Tonga is one of my top ten favorite wrestlers right now. Yeah. I love his attitude. I love his entrance theme. Yes. I love everything. I love how, what he, uh, the good guy gimmick that he ran with for a while in New <laughs> yes. Japan. Where he yeah. wouldn't, he didn't want to get in the ring and fight. Yeah. Uh, just he's one of the most entertaining guys inside the ring. He's got great promos. I love him to death. Um, but I think it'd be so much fun to see the Briscoes yeah. with two sets of titles and their the promos that they can cut. Yeah. Um, as they, with their egos and that is just very enthralling to me as a fan. Yeah. Plus, I think it'd be great to see them go over to Japan and Gorillas of Destiny get another shot. Some of, I mean, even Evil and Sonata getting another, another shot. Yeah. I mean, to me, Tama Tonga is the the Samoan machine that uh, that uh, Roman Reigns wish he could be. You know, like yes. we're we're a little we're a little jealous of that kind of New Zealand uh, uh, flavor that Tama Tonga has. Like he's just so. So good, so likable, even when he's the biggest piece of shit in yeah. the world. I used to call Roman Reigns the Walmart Tamataka. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is amazing. It's true. <laughs> that, the, he is now officially Walmart ta- Tamataka. Oh, man, I, go. I, we're gonna we're gonna get that to be uh, something that's gonna start oh, trending. Or let's something. make a shirt, man. I'm, yeah, I'm that's in. A, we're that's all a in. shirt. <laughs> uh, I I think what Ring of Honor is going for here. Is I think we get villain enterprises at the end of the show with all the gold. Oh damn! You think Squirrel oh. beats Jay Lethal? I do. I, th- I here's why. I think that they are. That's their bullet club. Wow. And okay. I, I think that that way they can run with that until War of the Worlds. I honestly those, I hadn't even thought about that. And they can get those IWGP so, belts off of off of uh, villain enterprises so, at that point. Yeah. I, I love that because you know I mentioned Will Ospreay is one of my favorites. Marty Squirrel is my favorite. Just like everything with Marty Skrull is my favorite as far as just yeah. a wrestler. For him to hold that title would be like a dream come true for me. Um, <laughs> and then he also has uh, the NWA title uh, opportunity on April 27th. That is true. Us. That is true. I forgot about that. When? So does, he walk, does he walk into that with the ROH title? Oh, shit. And I believe his contract's coming up pretty quickly as well. <laughs> Uh, he's got about a year left. Does he? Is it a year? Yeah. I swear it was at the end of April. So if it, if I'm wrong, then uh, then that changes my thoughts on on his future. But I didn't I didn't realize it was that much longer. I want to yeah I want to say that 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 was the that was the question mark and he resigned with ROH for another year and I think that that's why okay. they ended up giving him Villain Enterprises. Now that I'm I'm thinking about it, but that that but, would that definitely makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Then. And that definitely changes my thought on on this match and or the as well as the, the Nick Aldis match later. So my only thing about all of this is so. we have to keep in mind that Ring of Honor is super hyping that on April twenty first, Jay Lethal will defend the Ring of Honor title in Israel against David Starr. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And David Starr cut one of the most amazing promos in the history of yes, promos. That will that will not be seen yeah. on Sinclair Broadcasting. Yeah. Uh, against seen. mainly against Sinclair <laughs> Broadcasting. 
but also sort of against Jay Lethal. Yeah. So unless they find a way to wrap that around that as well, it's it, it's such an interesting thing because it takes the piss and vinegar out of the idea that they could possibly put it on scroll. It's it, it's a really it's, yeah, it's they really... could go any way and it's it's all fascinating. Yeah. Because you're right, all this in scroll yes. with two belts on the line yeah. is really interesting. Yeah. Well, and and I mean, to we'll, uh, we'll come back to a couple of these matches, but to skip ahead to that, Jay Lethal defending not only against Marty Skrull, but Matt Taven, who has had a huge storyline in ROH. And this is not just... This is not just a triple threat, but it's a it's a three-way ladder match for the ROH World Championship. So, I know that our our, our, our brethren to the north... Yeah, our, our, our brothers from Canadian Mothers... Loose Ropes Wrestling. Yeah, yeah, wrestling. They are the biggest fans of Matt Taven in the entire universe. Well, there was a Conspiracy King. I'm not yeah. sure if you if you remember this. They subscribe to a conspiracy. Oh, no. Oh, oh, they do? Only they do? No, I also subscribe to this conspiracy. So to me, Matt, conspiracy. to me, Matt Taven has always been, unfortunately, a little bit of Adam Cole light. Oh. I really dig oh. what, what they've done with him. He's always kind of, he's The kingdom has now become basically... That's like Walmart Tamatanga talk. He, he is a little bit... Damn. He is a little bit Kmart Cole. Oh, God. oh man. Blue Light <laughs> Special on Matt Taven. That's cold, son. I don't think they put the belt on him. I just don't think they can. Plus, he can't stay healthy. I, I think that that's probably the bigger knock. I and, and that's the hard thing, because I do think Taven is insanely charismatic, and he's great in the ring, yeah. but he gets hurt more than Salas Young. He gets hurt more than Wrestling, Thompson. Wrestling's Bill Cower, you mean? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Look. Look at. Look at uh, Bill Cower and Silas Young. Have you ever seen them in the same place at the same time? It's because they're both injured all the time. No. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of that. I always thought Silas Young looked like a really young Jake the Snake Roberts, but Bill Cower that 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 works too. Yeah. That works pretty good. We uh, we always brought black and yellow streamers to ROH shows and threw them at him, and then uh, we had <laughs> we had like terrible signs like, uh, "I must ask you a question." Uh, have you ever been in the same room with Bill Cower? <laughs> yeah. We didn't have like anything constructive to say to Silas Young at all. Uh, that's, okay. that's okay. The man spits a lot when he talks. He does. He does. No, I I don't know. There's there's interesting matchups throughout that, but I just don't see Taven as being the guy who walks out. I do think it's going to be either Lethal or Scroll. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree with that. So bouncing back. We would be remiss if we did not talk about both the British Heavyweight Championship and the IWGP Intercontinental Championship before we get to the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. British Heavyweight Championship being defended by Zack Sabre Jr. Jr. Jack Sabre Jr. Zack Sabre Jr. Bug taking on Hiroshi Tanahashi. <coughs> Mint Julius for everybody. Um, I don't know. Let me tell you something, Daddy. <laughs> I... I'm excited about this match, but I Zack Sabre Duma. I I fear for Zack Sabre Jr.'s title when Tanahashi is on a big show. All right, the only good thing about this is that it's in the United States, so it means Tanahashi does not get automatically get the Cena book. Oh, yeah, that's true. 
So I can see Tanahashi doing the job here, and he's done the job to Saber Jr. before. That's why right. I this is a match I, I see where Saber just works that knee yeah. for 20, 20 some minutes. I would enjoy in that. weird and disgusting ways. I I like Tanahashi, but man, when he does the unkillable comeback, it just I cringe because it just feels just hollow. Um, I'm hoping we get. Saber Jr. and we continue the Tanahashi into the Sunset farewell tour. Yeah. Right. I, I find it really hard to believe that they would give Hiroshi Tanahashi the British Heavyweight Championship in America. Yeah. But who knows? I don't know. It just seems really that seems really strange to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a crazy super show. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean, I was gonna say this card is freaking stacked. Yeah. I mean the the. Intercontinental Championships, Naito versus Abushi. I mean, shit. That could headline anywhere <laughs> in the world. I mean, most of these matches yeah. could. If, if Abushi right. wins... This... If Abushi wins, this means they're going to push him as a true heavyweight. That this is his first step towards being not just a guy, but the guy. New the guy. And I think that's not a bad idea because they've... Who else do you have... At the top, you've got Okada, Naito, and Jay White. Yeah. You know, you, you took such a massive hit with Omega being gone. And, you know, you lost Cody, you lost the Young Bucks. You, I mean, there's so much space to fill at the top of the card. You know, Tanahashi, like you said, the Sunset Tour has begun for him. And he doesn't have a lot of time left. You know, Okada had his run. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's going to, if he's going to get another one anytime soon. So if there's so much space to fill at the top of the heavyweight division, I think it's now or never with Kota Ibushi. He's got clearly he's got the talent to do it. It's one of the reasons why I really hope that the Gorillas of Destiny drop the belt because, to me, the fact that Tamatanga is not one of those guys at the top of the card filling one of those spots on a regular basis is absolutely fucking criminal. Um, and I would as, love as a singles competitor. Yeah, yeah I yeah. honestly thought he was going to take Carl Anderson's spot. This kind of the second, you know, heavyweight singles guy in the Bullet Club when Anderson left. Sure. Um, and that his brother would end up tagging more Fale, because I just felt like oh, he had made okay. so many strides as a singles guy, and they just cut that off. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I mean, yeah, that, he could have been an absolute single star for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that could be you know you know feeling a uh, sense of responsibility or wanting to tag with your brother. I mean maybe that's where he's at. But to me, Tamatanga is like one of the uncrowned champions of New Japan in the last like ten a years. Fine wine, dude. I just I yes, he deserves. I mean I, I think that if Kenny Omega signs Kenny! doesn't if 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 Kenny signs uh, anywhere else. With his previous New Japan contract, uh, Tamatanga would have been IWGP champion. Possibly, I don't think that's a. I, I think that there's definitely a distinct possibility for that. I, I do uh, think. I'll say this: Can you imagine that should, run? Yeah, it would be crazy. Like promos with Tamatanga as the IWGP heavyweight champion. It'd been great. And so that's my thing. I I would put Tonga in front of Jay White. I would too. I'm not yes. a huge Jay White yes. Jay White guy. I like Jay White a lot. But I would love to see. I would love to see Jay White. Uh, I would love to see Jay White retain, 
And I would love to see Tama Tonga and Jay White at the next Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, there we go. That's that. That's that's it. I Tama think that's Tonga an, needs to be down. crowned at the top of. I think the, that's an intriguing matchup, but I don't think it'll ever happen at a Wrestle Kingdom. Neither one of them are Japanese. It's a new. It's a new dawn, brother. I, but how often <laughs> at that show have you seen? a non-Japanese wrestler in the main event. I cannot think of a Wrestle Kingdom where, where the main event has been uh, had two non-Japanese wrestlers. That's, yeah. That's that's a good point. It's just not it's just not good for their marketplace. Yeah. I mean, right, I don't know that right. it necessarily yeah, that, that's needs true. no matter no matter how Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say uh you know, I know they're trying to do the whole international thing and that, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's in the Tokyo Dome. That's that's their home base. I wouldn't, I guess, it wouldn't make a lot of business sense to have to, unless you have two guys that are just insanely over, like you had with Omega. You know, being able to speak very fluent yeah. and being a favorite. But even then, they still had somebody in the main event with them. So I guess that makes that makes a lot of sense. I think the biggest thing with New Japan is they will always have a default setting of Gaijin versus homegrown talent. There will always be that dynamic. I think that's, and I don't think that's just New Japan. All Japan does that. And Noah does that. I think that's just a trope of Japanese wrestling. It's a, it's a trope that I'm a fan of. Um, I just think it, that's what they're looking for. No matter how much they decide to stretch into other areas, I think that trope will stick true at Wrestle Kingdom. I think it's fair. Just like I think it's their That's version, yeah. their version of Hogan must pose. Fair, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I can. That's fair. Right? That makes sense. So, so let's talk about the main event then. Jay White taking on Kazuchika Okada for the IWGP strap. Does Okada get it back? I mean, would you do that here as a way of no? No? I don't think so, no. I think, you know, because like I said, they're, they have this massive hole. There's so much space at the top of the card, and I think they're really trying to give Jay White that rub of being the top guy. That's a really and this good is his first defense, so I, I don't see, I mean, I see this being a, a, you know, a hell of a battle, you know, uh, but no, I, I personally, I see Jay White holding it for a while. Does anybody get involved? I think it. I think it's shenanigans. I would love to see Gorillas of Destiny get involved, and some Chaos Boys get involved, and set up some like you know. I mean, they're gonna have tags. They're gonna have six man. They're gonna have eight man tags right. on shows. I would love to really, if we're gonna get into it with Bullet Club OG versus Chaos, like. Let's let's light the fire at the, at this show. I I think that that could be a really great way to kind of to get Jay White out clean, still get him over as as you know going the distance, but uh, and maybe even cause some strife because to me, I think that there's money to be made in Tama Tonga versus Jay White, whether it you know would headline a Wrestle Kingdom or not. That kind of internal strife in the kind of Bullet Club OG. Um, I think you could headline like a power struggle or something like that. Yeah. Well, another show, one of the big shows. Yeah, I mean, um, 
don't know. It's an interesting I, I'd question. I'd be happy to see it on any show. I'd love to see that match on any show. I'd be cool with that. Yeah. But I think that's a really interesting point of having, you know, the, the shenanigans take place. Because, I mean, Jay White, he's, he's known as the, the chicken shit. He, yeah. You know, and he plays that very, very well. And you have guys like Fale and Tonga, Chase Owens, who have no problem. They have no moral compass. They don't, you know, it's totally cool to get involved and, and help their guy win. And then, like you said, you know, the chaos versus uh, versus Bullet Club kind of thing can can take off from there, and that's that's a great way to I think end the show where you're trying to showcase these talents to what amounts to basically a whole new audience here. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's Supercard Madison Square Garden. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about all of the other shows. Maybe uh, if each of us could pick. Maybe one show or one match we're looking forward to from the collective, all these other shows, non WWE that are going on. Is there anything, uh, Nick, for you that uh, just kind of blew you away in terms of uh, another card or another match that you're just dying to see? Yeah, um, MLW, man. MLW, for sure. Um, especially after signing our hometown, uh, our hometown pub. Yep. Uh, Airwolf. Uh, Rare Wolf versus Ricky Martinez is on the card here. Um, they've got some. They've got a, a really, really good card. But that match, clearly for, for obvious reasons, you know, is one that I would love to love to see. Yeah. Uh, you know, based on I think his appearance at first, but us being longtime lovers of <laughs> Orange Cassidy, I would say any any <laughs> show that he is on is going to be amazing. But I think <laughs> my, my my sleeper, I think that you know people pay attention to, but I think that there was some frustration with some of the issues with visas for Pac and other people uh, at WrestleCon. The the Mark Hitchcock Memorial Super Show looks absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Puma King, Black Taurus, LAX, DJZ, Ares, Sammy Guevara, Samantha Heights, Diamante, Jushin Thunder, Liger, SoCal Uncensored. Wow. Lucha Bros on that. Uh, the four announced matched or four announced matchups. Uh, Zack Saber Jr. versus Shane Strickland in one of his last indie dates. Uh, Dragon Lee versus Cavernario, uh, which is a Lucha dream. Uh, the main event, which is Bandito versus your boy Will Osprey. Uh, but my Jeez. match, I might be looking forward to the most, and I think King could probably agree. Masato Tanaka, who is also all over this weekend, is taking on Eddie Kingston. Yeah, that is a dream match. Holy cow. Yeah. That is a dream match. That is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and and honestly, I don't think that would have even popped up on my radar if Bryce Remsburg hadn't kind of tweeted out all of his dates and I looked into the cards and I was just like, holy crap. Just unbelievable. That, that that, That is an absolutely stacked card. Holy crap. Yeah. And I got a chance, somebody posted it, and I don't know if it was um, Joey Janela or whomever, they basically just posted this whole long, uh, this, this picture with all of the shows taking place yeah. starting uh, Thursday through through Sunday, and it's just absolutely ridiculous how many Amazing. shows are taking place. And, and then you start looking at the cards, it's like one great card after another great card after another great card. Yeah. Uh, it's just absolutely incredible. Yeah. King, you have uh, something you're looking forward to? I do. I can't find the card list, which is real frustrating to me. But um, 
Friday, April 5th, the same night as NXT. But it's during the day, 12 noon, because PG Show, Chikara presents Once Upon a Beginning. Oh, yeah. I know the main event, Dasher Hatfield, Mr. Touchdown, Chikara Grand Championship ladder match. Yeah. No, that match is... That that whole show is absolutely stacked. Uh, Airwolf on that as well. Yeah, Fist versus the Ants in a trios match. Yeah, uh, Kimberly versus the Whisper. CCK in from the yeah, UK to take crazy. on Crumbles and Defarge. Boomer Hatfeld versus Missile Assault Man. A Kid and Airwolf in a rematch from last year's uh, Young Lion or uh, it was no, young, uh, uh, the Raid of Raid of Valadores. Carlos Romo taking on Still Life for the uh, Young Lions Cup. Cup. And then that uh, Golden Dream match. All eight people in it. Former Young Lions Cup championship. Hometown hero. uh, Super Thunder Frog. Jigsaw. Razorhawk. And Chucky T. Chuck Taylor taking on Hollow Wicked. Hermit Crab. Kan Zagami of Beyond Wrestling fame. And uh, our uh, resident Pop Pop. Eric Cannon. Uh, four on four. Uncle Eric, yes, doing us proud, proud as a Rudo. Yeah, for sure, no kidding. Which is so weird that Chuck Taylor is a Technico and Uncle Eric is a Rudo in that match. <laughs> it's gonna be weird. It's, let's get weird. Yeah, it's a Chicago show. Speaking of weird, I have to say one more Orange Cassidy match before we go to break. European rounds for the yes. Independent Wrestling Championship. Orange Cassidy defending. That beautiful backwards championship against the octopus Jonathan Gresham at Independent oh, Wrestling TV's family reunion. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a weird, weird weekend. Um, and so for something completely normal, come back with us after the break, and we'll talk about all the WWE events. We'll talk about homogenized <laughs> wrestling. Pas- pasteurized just for you. Uh, this is Heel Turn Radio. We're on with Nick from the Undercard Podcast, and we'll be back to talk about NXT Takeover New York. Oh yes, and eighteen f- and and a half hours of of WrestleMania. And just remember, the kids are wrong. I'm never wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think Finn Balor started his entrance already. comes as no surprise to anyone that we would go beard, over time. Beard, I'm so tired. Uh, I'm so you t- can't. You can't. Uh, I can't make it, man. Leave me behind. No, no. <laughs> Leave me for dead. No. Here's what we're gonna do. We've just talked about. We've just talked about the uh, the first show <laughs> at Madison Square Garden <laughs> run by a non McMahon family since 1960. Talked about some favorite yeah, things true. going on. What a magnificent. What a magnificent weekend for wrestling. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna record another open 
This is the Thursday episode. We'll have part two on Friday. Thanks again to Nick from the Undercard Podcast. An absolute pleasure to have him on. Just wait until you hear us go Vince Deep in uh, the WWE weekend. Uh, We'll be back with more from the Heel Turn and Undercard Mania Weekend Special tomorrow, Friday, for part two. Y'all come back now. You hear? Yeah.